0: Friend, can I read you something? Beth wrote, timing is everything. I just binged Hillary's podcast this weekend. Saying I love it doesn't seem to be enough. Saying it was like she was speaking right to me doesn't seem to be enough. This came at the exact right time. Thanks, Hillary, for being brave and vulnerable. Thank you for all of your wonderful advice. Thank you for you being you and guiding me to see that I can be happy being me. Oh, Beth, I love that last line so much, that I can be happy being me. That is my hope for each of us every single week in the time that we spend here together, that you would leave feeling a little bit more confident, peaceful, hopeful, inspired, encouraged in exactly who you are, what you desire in the world, and how you're showing up. That is my hope for this very special episode today. And today also is a special date as it is the two-year anniversary of this podcast. So, if at any point you have been blessed by an episode of this and you have not yet left a review, I am so grateful for you, number 1119, 20, 21, 22, 3, 24, 25, who pauses this, swipes up, and leaves a bright, brief, and beautiful review of what your time here is like. And with that, let us get into the show. Don't get your budgie smugglers in a bunch. You're- Welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. My dears, as I said, today is the two-year anniversary of this podcast. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday. It makes me feel like I should have some sort of recap episode. It makes me want to wax poetic and think about all the things that I didn't know and how different my life was two years ago and a myriad of things. However, we're not going to do that today because I got asked repeatedly in my DMs and when I posted a little question box in my stories to say, what do you want to talk about upcoming on the podcast? I got asked to speak about this topic and it's one that I actually taught a longer class on in my Elegant Excellence Mastermind last week and so I'd already been thinking a lot about and yet I will say I spent about three hours crafting this um uh, Uh, script today because I do think it is a very delicate and important conversation that is very dear to my heart. So it was sparked by a specific event that you may or may not be aware of uh, that happened online, but I want to be clear that it is not at all about a specific event. A popular self-help author posted a video on social media recently that was deeply problematic, but... I would never host a public conversation about someone else unless I had effusively and repeatedly sent my audience their way and truly thought, if I, Hillary, don't speak out, more people could get hurt and I could be a part of that. Barring that, which is not the case here, to me, it is not interesting to dissect what someone else has done. But what I have been fascinated by is more so observing the response to the issue that led me into a lot of hours of reflection and conversation with colleagues that ultimately led to teaching, excuse me, my fellow entrepreneurs inside my mastermind. And then I was receiving so many DMs about it that I wanted to talk about it today in the broader implication for us all. It is not about what someone else does or did, but what we do. It's not about judgment or shame upon anyone else, but reflection on how we desire to carry ourselves with grace, love, empowerment, and ultimately, you know this is my motto, with elegance and excellence. And Also, this is by no means isolated to this one specific instance. Truly, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't spend another second worrying about it because these things arise all the time. We are inundated with so many examples of someone... Messing up, someone doing something upsetting, someone doing something that we dislike, disapprove of, of, disagree with. Uh, We are replete with examples of this. We don't need to go out and seek any more of them. We can all put ourselves into an instance of having seen or said or done something correlated to this conversation today. And one thing that is important for me to say at the top, while I spent hours crafting this script more than I traditionally do for a podcast episode... I am positive I am going to say something that down the road I will probably disagree with myself on, shift my mindset on, think about even more deeply, unpack another layer of, see a different perspective of, and that to me is part of this conversation too. That if we don't allow for people to grow and evolve and change, if we get super hot (laughs) the moment we find a line or a point we disagree with in a post, in a video, in a podcast, we discourage people from ever even starting to have conversations that matter. And by the way, that is different than saying that entire post or felt problematic, uh, which was the case in this specific instance that sparked this, or this is a repeated history of something, that is very different. But Those instances, again, I think are more rare and that what's more common is that we just happen to see, hear something, even a headline, not a whole post, and we have a a hot reaction to it. So if you notice that your posture in listening at all today starts to be like, "Um, actually, no, just pause and walk away. Like, it's not going to make your day any better to get riled up. Or to argue with me in your head. And you're not going to really be at a place to hear and consider. And that's okay. I have those moments too when I'm riled up about something else. And it doesn't matter what my husband says. I'm going to be a little snippy and snappy. I don't need to hear every message from every person at every moment. There's, you know, a, a growth area that is just not where my head is at right now. So my heart is that today's chat should make you feel peaceful, hopeful, free, and inspired and if you're not energetically feeling that as you listen then feel free to just pause for today and be like this is just not the message i personally need. So there's four things that i'm going to touch on today. Number 1, the power of our clicks and attention. Number 2, policies versus people. Number 3, who we're called to hold accountable and be accountable to. And number 4, negative comments. So Number one is the power of our clicks and our attention. So there was this instance of an author posting a problematic video. And in and of itself, to me, the video was very clearly problematic. uh, And people pointing that out made a lot of sense. But what I started to notice in conversations with colleagues as we were really coming from the perspective of I'm coming from this perspective of what can I learn about this? What can I learn for myself as an entrepreneur, a leader, an influencer, an author? What can I learn for my team to better prepare us for any future situations and responses? Um, What can I learn for my students as a mentor to fellow entrepreneurs? So that's my lens when I'm watching these things. But I noticed an alarming number of takedown posts, of posts in response to the post. And they fell into two categories. One in generalizations and broad strokes were women of color who were educating. And I'm gonna link below. I'd watched a video of uh, on Glennon Doyle's account that one of my students had, had redirected me to. Last summer, Glennon Doyle started uh, the Share the Mic initiative. Uh, Pairing white influencers with black influencers to bring black these black influencers onto the white women's platforms, and uh, unfortunately, there were some negative effects that came out of that. There were two kinds of videos. One in broad strokes were women of color who were educating. A video I watched it was actually from last summer, and this is I'm going to use some examples throughout to really point out this is a much broader conversation. This is not about one thing that happened last week. So this video is actually from a year ago, but I found it very informative and I will link it below. It was an IGTV with Glennon Doyle and Abby Wombatch who had started the Share the Mic initiative last summer where white influencers were inviting Black women to take over their feed to be introduced to their audience. And they had on – Tarana Burke, who was the founder of the Me Too movement, and Dr. Yaba Blay, who were two of the women that they had partnered with, and shared some really problematic uh, after effects of that. That in essence, Dr. Blay, for example, said her following doubled as as a result of being on Abby Wombatch's page. And predominantly, those women were white. And Predominantly, everyone in Dr. Blaze's audience had been black. So suddenly, overnight, her community doubles. The people in her home double. And half these people, she doesn't know. And they don't know her. And they don't know the culture here. And they don't know the inside jokes and all of that. And she posted something that to her community would have been, her community would have gotten. But this new white follower had a problem with the post, reported it, and the post was immediately removed. Um, whole ruckus that ensues from this basically, Dr. Blay and Tirana on this IGTV, they were heated, as they should be. They didn't call anyone out by name. And I learned so much. I won't even go down the rabbit hole of all that they taught me by listening. And I I saw a couple of videos similar to that. Uh, one in particular about this instance that it just happened last week where there was true education. There was unpacking of here's why what was said was harmful. Here's some of the roots of that. Here's some of the other implications. And that type of post is very helpful and uh, very valuable. And this specific IGTV that I'll link was also a great example of, in this case, the person wasn't famous. They were just a, a random Instagram user and so nobody knew their name and they didn't make a point to call out their name. They called out what the, the root problem was rather than making it about a specific person. So there are those types of videos that can come out when a when an issue arises. The other type of posts that I saw that was much more prevalent from just what I was stumbling upon and seeing shared are smaller accounts who do not have a history of education that they are bringing to the conversation, they are just hate trains. And I was not aware, actually Shalene Johnson Uh, is the only person I've heard uh, speak similarly to the positions that I'm I'm sharing today in the aftermath of this. And she really brought to light, she's more familiar with the YouTube world and that there are entire channels dedicated to this over there. I really didn't know that. And in every industry, she was saying in the, the makeup industry and the adoption world, and that there's just so many posts of people that Their engagement is all just about tearing down other people. The folks I saw are entrepreneurs, like many of the women in my audience. And that's initially what they're out there as. They're out there to be a photographer or a financial advisor for fellow female entrepreneurs. It is not their foundational base to educate on race or to educate on something here. They aren't bringing a history of knowledge to really add depth to it. They're just rambling. They don't have clear points. They're just there to drop tea. And I, um, by the way, I think my husband didn't know what drop what what spilling the tea was. And I was like, okay, I'm really not cool about things, but like I learned that a long time ago, babe. Um, so in case you don't know, spilling the tea, I like think this is hilarious that I'm even think I'm gonna explain this to one person, but but Jeremy didn't know. Spilling the tea is like giving the gossip. You know what's what's the low? What's behind the scenes? And It's that type of energy where they say things that I'm like, can you know this to be true? Because I'm hearing you talk about how this person is a bad boss, and yet one of my best friends works for them. (laughs) So I'm not sure who your sources are, but I'm going to say mine are more valid. So I think that you're just literally making this stuff up off off of supposition. And even if it is true, does it matter in this instance? Is it at all relevant to what the actual core was done you know if someone says like well i just heard her heard their marriage isn't very good what does that have to do with the fact that you're concerned they plagiarized the passage in their book like these things are just unrelated and these should be red flags for us to be like that felt mean that felt gossipy that felt diggy is different than dr adina and um or I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Blay and Tarana are sharing, we we were harmed, we were hurt, this is problematic, we want to bring a depth of education here. There's just a very different heart and energy. And I think it's important for us to separate and not confuse the two so we can tell what is gossip and what is passionate but worthwhile education. And specifically, by the way, as a little aside for my entrepreneur people that if that's not what people is paying for you paying you for you're getting on a roll because you see your engagement is going up you see you're getting more likes and more comments but if that's what's spiking your engagement on Instagram or TikTok the only way to sustain that is to find more people to tear down and the people that are coming they're here for your show they're here for the hate train they're not here for your education they're because you're educating them if this is nothing to do with the work that you do in the world this is not going to lead to more dollars for you i used to always say on my my instagram webinar it's like a padded bra it may Look fancy, but it doesn't change reality. All you're doing is pumping up that you know padded bra by padding your engagement numbers. A year from now, you're not going to be making any more money in your business if those people didn't actually come in for uh for the substance. I'm like grabbing my breasts as I say this, which would look really funny if you were here. Um. Okay, so I would say that I do not think. Y'all are that person because you're listening to this podcast and it's just not our energy and ethos here. But I think that the call for all of us, myself included, is to be more aware of what we are giving clicks and views to. Because I was aware that I gave every one of those women views and engagement validation. I wasn't commenting. I wasn't um, you know, sharing it to my feed, obviously. But I was still one more little, you know, person in the peanut gallery saying this is something that people want to see. And it makes me think years ago, I had a male friend who was wrongly accused of sexual assault. Um, There were, uh, there was video cameras documenting where he was at the time at work when these like assaults on the New York City subway happened here. He was absolutely no way related, but um, the DA was under pressure to make an arrest. They made an arrest without doing their work. He was perp walked out of his home. It was just, it was, hideous and awful. And I I remember my friends and I saying, "We, we are not Googling this. We will not give it any more clicks. We will not give it any more SEO juice. We will get information from our friends, even if that means we have to be patient and wait till tomorrow to hear if something else has happened. But I'm not going to be Googling. And when you have that personal of a connection where you see this is going to affect someone's life that this lives on. This is affecting his ability to get approved for an apartment or get another job, etc. You see the value that that could have. Or even if your little view is really a drop in the ocean, you still want to be on the right side of the shore. You know, you still don't want to jump in the ocean, even if you're like, well, but I'm one little drop. What does it matter? So um, last week, as I said, I did watch some of them. But I kept checking in with my intention to say, I am here for what can I learn for myself, my team, and my students. And once I've had enough, I don't want to get into the tipping point where now it's just like drinking poison. Like you just don't, it's icky and you don't want that in your system and you don't want to look back and be like, that's what I spent my weekend consuming? Like, is that the life I want to live? So it really takes self-awareness. To say, why am I consuming this? What is the value here? And what is the tone of what I'm consuming? Am I truly being educated to learn? Or am I just being educated on the, you know, nitty gritty details that I don't really need to know in the grand scheme of things? So step one to me is unfollowing people who tear other people down. You know, even if you agree with them that you don't like that person they're talking about either, unless they are truly teaching you something. But even if they're teaching me something, I still have realized that I don't follow people who tear other people down. Two examples that I'll link in the description are Katie Storino and Jamila Jamil, that Katie Storino talks about um, size inclusivity in the fashion world. But in every one of her posts, she says, this is not about the other woman. This isn't about who wore it better. Now, she calls out brands to say, please make my size. I am, she literally has a hashtag, make my size, of her trying on, like, this is the extra, extra large in your brand, and it does not go over my hips. Like, please become size inclusive. So yes, she's calling out brands, but she's not calling out Sarah, the lead designer at J.Crew or whatever the brand is. It really is a brand. She did a video recently. Khloe Kardashian had posted a video of uh, of herself in the mirror, if you followed that whole Photoshopping story. And Katie posted a, a, a side-by-side video, and she explicitly said, this is not about, this is not negative on Khloe. This isn't speaking poorly of her. I'm just showing you another woman's, oh, excuse me. I'm just showing you another woman's body as the side-by-side. And that's such a great example that you can, she can be passionately calling out What is wrong in the world without ever making you be like, oh, that was a little bit mean about that other person, right? Jamila Jamil is another one. I love everything that she stands for in terms of diet culture and women's portrayal in the media, but she isn't out there. She's much more so attacking the broader cultural narrative or what's being allowed on Instagram or what tabloids are talking about. So we can find people that are riled up, they are passionate, they are calling stuff out, but we want to be able to discern, is it really vicious towards an individual or is it about something you know broader and more systemic? Which brings me to point number two. You can be deeply passionate about an issue without needing to eviscerate any individual. I'm going to say that again. I believe you can be deeply passionate about an issue without needing to eviscerate any individual. This clicked for me this week as an articulation of how I view my passionate advocacy versus some others, as well as why certain passionate advocates I follow feel good and some make me feel cringy. Because I get fired up sometimes in my stories and I I cry in frustration and I'm like, are you kidding me? How is this still real life? Like, it's not about tempering our emotions, but I call out policies, not specific people. I call for change in policies, not specific people. So a very... uh, Immediate example, the murder of Dante Wright. I, thankfully, I literally only received one DM like this, but I saw another white blogger who posted about it, unfortunately, receive many of these that she was sharing. DMs that were defending the police officer in saying it was an accident because the officer intended to reach for, said she intended to reach for her taser and accidentally reached for and fired her gun. Okay, if it was an accident, let's not even bother debating back and forth on why that is, why that's even missing the point to begin with, why it is still traumatic to the black community, even if it was an accident, why we naturally want to, you know, d- defend the the white person, et cetera. Let's just say this. I'm going to link to an article below that I shared on Instagram stories, sharing the idea that what if traffic departments were unarmed? What if any time you had an expired license plate or a lack of license plate, or you didn't fully stop at the stop sign, or you turned right on red and you weren't supposed to, or you didn't signal your you know your blinker, the person who pulled you over didn't have a gun, and then we could just completely deescalate the whole thing because the conversation so quickly becomes about whether the officer or the murder victim were imperfect. Sadly, much of the narrative is f- f- from from white people saying don't expect the officer to be perfect. We have unreal – we can't expect our police officers to be perfect. And then simultaneously, well, the black man wasn't perfect. He shouldn't have run. He smoked pot once, you know. Rayshard Brooks, he was drunk when he was in that Wendy's parking lot. George Floyd, like he, you know, he had had a background of drug use. So somehow that was probably his fault that he died. So we go to the people, and that is so painful for – I don't even need to elaborate. I'm going to trust that you get it. So I'm trusting you don't say those kinds of things. But if someone around you does, what if we take it off the person and onto the policy? And if the, and if someone says to you, you know, well, the officer made a mistake. you are like, well, what policy could we change to make sure that it's not so easy to just make a mistake and take someone's life? Could could we work on the policy here? Let's not focus on whether the person was perfect or imperfect because, yes, humans are going to make mistakes. But what if we came back to the policy? Because the policy, this one woman, she could go to jail for the rest of her life and it's not going to bring Dante back And it's not going to protect the next person because the odds that she repeats that are probably pretty low. So don't we really need to be going to the policy? Another way to think about this is to speak up for what you're for, not what you're against. If you want to, if you post something on your feed, on your stories, in a private group that you're in, ranting about some influencer that did something that you want to take them down, you want to call them out. That's taking all of that time and energy and putting it into what you're against. But you could take those exact same amount of time and energy and post about five brands or influencers that you see lifting women up instead. Here's five women that you support, that you wish more people were listening to, five brands that, you know, you want to get behind. That's putting the energy towards what you're for. Because if we try to go around policing all of the bad people, that is just a game of whack-a-mole. You know, like one of those carnival games with, like, big fuzzy gamut and the little rodent guys that pop up and pop down. Like, we're just – humans are going to be – are fallible they and we we're going to keep failing. So if we're just trying to go after individual people, we are going to exhaust ourselves. Why not take that energy and put it to what we are for? That's where the article that again I'll link below, there are examples from lots of cities that have helped their citizens be better because of the policy changes that they've put in place. The article is not here's a bunch of individual officers that have been held accountable, which yes, let's hold them accountable. But much more important is let's change the policies that got us there in the first place so that we protect way more people than those individuals. You know, we are, we're celebrating, uh, we are for celebrating beauty that some brands have stopped photoshopping. So what if you support those brands, you support the clean brands, you support the small business brands, you support the black-owned brands, you support the brands that don't do Photoshopping, any of the things that you're passionate about, if you focus more on saying, here's brands I love rather than here's a brand that, you know, the the founder was problematic and I'm going to do my whole post about them. How about instead just be like, unfortunately, a brand came out recently that was problematic. I'm not even going to give them airtime, but here's 10 brands I do think I can stand behind. If you think about having a kid, Is punishment or reward a more pleasurable experience to dole out as a parent? Like, I'm not a parent, but if my niece or nephew does something and I just tear into them and they are just weeping with shame do I feel any better? No. And I've seen like my sister and brother-in-law go through this. Where, like they, you know, they just feel like the worst that they had to, you know, do this punishment restriction and now the kid's like, you're the worst. It just makes everybody miserable. Or do you want to make them glow with pride because you celebrated the good things that they did and you tell them always that you're so proud of them. You know, it's the old like we catch more bees with honey adage. And I don't mean being silent when something happens. And I'm not, shaming or silencing people from speaking up in general. If if I had felt the need to speak up on this specific self-help author, which I don't because she has absolutely entirely nothing to do with me, but I would have posted an IGTV sharing my positive views on the things that she spoke negatively against. Instead of posting on my feed about here's why she's wrong, I would have posted, here's what I believe in. And coincidentally, those four things are the very four things she represented, you know, the the opposite of. And I'll direct you again back to that link with Glennon, Abby, Tarana, and Dr. Blay. Those... Those women were hot with passion and ripe with education without attacking an individual woman. They were teaching on the underlying issues to grow our awareness, lest either we make the same mistake or we see others doing it and are able to intervene or at least are able to understand why it was, you know, hurtful and harmful to someone else. Which brings me to point number three, who are we called to hold accountable and or step into the line of fire for. So in this next little section, I'm going to quote a couple things from the Bible. And I want it to be clear, you do not have to have read or ev- or want to read or even believe that the Bible gets any validity. That is totally fine. I'm going to trust that if that is you, you can hear this as ancient wisdom and be a little bit rocked by how it can have a, we are talking about a very modern application with social media, predominantly most of the subtext of this conversation we're having today is what we comment, DM, or post about on our own accounts. So it's a very modern application. And then I want to quote some things that are literally centuries old to just remind us this is not new. It's amplified and it's different because of social media, but it's not new. I also want to be very clear. I am not a biblical scholar. And also, biblical scholars disagree. We've used the Bible to promote slavery, to promote patriarchy. So if anyone tells me they know exactly how to interpret every line in the Bible, which has dozens of translations, so even there we can't agree on that, they are lacking for me the humility which is required for me to respect your perspective. So I take you back to the energy of the top and just say if you, if the Bible is very near and dear to your heart and you were raised on it as I was and I have a different perspective here, you are welcome to that different perspective. But notice if it starts to make you feel hot that it is probably just best to pause and to just be like, you know what? It's okay if Hillary reads that differently. There's lots of smart, beautiful, brilliant people that read things differently. So... Number one, we talk a lot, I feel lately, about holding people accountable. Um, and I feel like for some people, there's this, this sense of, well, Hillary, I had to leave that comment on their post or, or send a DM. I feel that I am called to hold them accountable. So was that, was that comment or DM harsh? Was it biting? Yes, yes. But I am called to hold them accountable. I am doing my duty. Whether, you know, as an activist, as an ally, whatever that is. My question would be, are you, though, are we called to hold all of these people accountable? Because to me, the heart of accountability in my mind are two things. Wanting the best for that person and wanting the best for others. So if I had an affair and a friend found out that I was in the midst of an affair their motive would, because of the people who are in my life, I would not be friends with someone who didn't have this, uh, who had this motive. Their motive would not be to get me to, quote, repent from sin. They wouldn't be like, the Bible has called me to call upon you to repent from your sin. No, they would be like, oh my gosh, please don't blow up your life like this. Like, Why are you hurting people in your life? Like, I know this is going to make you miserable. Like, This just cannot be the best path to your happiness. But the only people who would be called to try to speak that into my life and to try to save me from damaging myself, damaging my family, would be the friends who have sat on my couch and had meals with my husband and I. And so unless you were one of those people listening, hello, dearest real life friends, um, I'm not called to hold you accountable in your marriage or Any other area, just because we bought someone's book or follow them on social media, it doesn't mean we're in relationship with them. So can you imagine if you are not someone who has tens of thousands, millions of people who follow you, which I'm guessing is a teeny tiny sliver of people listening here, can you imagine if you had tens of thousands or millions of people ready to, quote, hold you accountable if you made a misstep? I mean, that would just be suffocating to live under. And Shalene Johnson, who I mentioned earlier, she, the, the again, she was the only person I heard sharing this similar energy in the fallout of this. And she was just really pointing out how many people we've seen commit suicide in this online space because of the hate that they were getting. Like, this has very real implications. And I think there are people Who left comments that just devastated people's mental health? That were walking away, patting themselves on their back, thinking, "Well, I think God called me to hold that person accountable," and I just think God is up there saying to that influencer who is being, you know, just just getting so much hate. Like my dear, sweet, precious child, who I know and love. Like I, these are not words for me. My voice is joy and peace. And this is the enemy who is heaping this shame and hatred upon you. So specifically, I feel that this is a phrase that Christians use. And I just, that that is not, to me, the energy behind it. I think that you, you are accountable to God, your family, the closest people in your life. And those are the people that are accountable to you. So I think if we are trying to hold accountable every person in the world... Sister, I think you are taking on too much and there are hours of your energy that are being stolen from your own growth and time with the people in your personal life. Your children need you. Your friends need you. Your your loved ones need you. This stranger on the internet doesn't need you to hold them accountable because the close people in their life we've got to trust are doing that. Because I think that I also think that wanting the best for others, because you know, we we want the best for the person. We want the the best for for hypothetical Hillary, who's going to have an affair and, you know, cause this pain to herself. But then also if, if they're causing pain to people around them. But I see this in a very specific way. So there was a protest the other day here in New York over the uh the the death of Dante. And another Instagram account I follow called The Blatchlorettes, who I will link below, they were doing an IG Live that I tuned into. And one of them was at the protest and said, I got separated from the protest. And suddenly I turned around and all the protests were in front of me and the police were between me and the protest. So I, I felt uncomfortable and I kind of panicked that I was going to have to walk through all of the police. And there was a white woman there about our age who said, I will walk ahead of you if you want to follow me. And she was like, that was so that made me feel so much safer and i just thought that was so such a beautiful example of of truly be trying to hold someone accountable to protect someone else and that is filming when we see something that is intervening it is all those who didn't walk away when they saw what was happening to George Floyd and they stayed and they tried to to rationalize with the officers and they tried to be able to ask to help. And um, I am, I'm signed up for a webinar, um, I believe, upcoming. I realized I signed up and then I was like, I've never heard anything, so I hope I'm signed up for it. But it was some sort of um, – like intervention training, basically. What, what skill sets can we have so that if we see something, we might be more helpful in de-escalating, supporting, etc. You know, I think being physically present, that's a whole other level of accountability. And I think there are probably a lot of people who are saying to themselves, well, it is my job to hold them accountable behind the protection of a screen. And perhaps would not have that same, you know, determination if they saw something or maybe are literally not seeing something. Can you just imagine this imagery for me for a minute? We have a girl walking down the street and she is being a keyboard warrior. And she is telling that influencer what she thinks of her with her two little thumbs. And she is, you know, holding her accountable with all the exclamation marks, et cetera. Meanwhile, there is someone in harm experiencing harm literally in front of her as she's walking down the street and she doesn't see it because she is looking down at her phone meanwhile thousands of other people are leaving comments she is a drop in the ocean but god sent her the universe sent her to walk past this woman that is being yelled at by a guy and say I, I'm just going to stand here. I'm going to stand here and be a witness and have my phone out and call for help if I need to, because I the, I am the one person who was sent to perhaps protect this person in front of me. In those cases, yes, we want to be an advocate and and hold others accountable. But I think so often when we're doing it online, we are deluding ourselves when we say that's what we've been called to. I think it just like kind of gives us a rush and it makes us feel powerful. And if we really looked into the depths of our hearts, I don't know that that we could really say that it is for that reason or that we can completely get behind. This is the most positive impact I could be having on the broader policy that and, and cultural issue that is really hurtful and harmful to me and others. I never comment negatively on other people's Instagrams. And certainly never send them DMs. And I almost never see women with accounts like colleagues of mine, similar size following, larger following, comment negatively. I mean, I can literally think of one person one time that comes to mind. Is Brene Brown out there chewing people apart in the comments? Like, who are the people that you would look to? Have you ever gone on a post and been like, ooh, Brene Brown is just calling them out? No. No. She's investing her energy in producing content on what she's for, not on every individual who is on the opposite side of it. And the one example, I can literally think of one example when I left a quote unquote negative comment, uh, Carlos Whitaker, I'll link him below, I one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. He is a Black, Latino, black and Latino man, he has an Asian son, and he was posting after the spa shootings in atlanta against the uh asian american community and i left a comment in support and then a white man replied to my comment against me but ultimately against what carlos had posted and i was aware in that moment the commenter is almost trying to use me as a shield. It's almost – I'm making up a story for him, but in my head, it's almost like he knew better than to say it to the black Latino man with the Asian son, but he was going to say it to the white person because it's really what he felt. And I felt, therefore, it is my responsibility to reply and say, like – this is deeply offensive, this is inappropriate, like this is in Carlos's house, this is on his account. And if I'm gonna come back and publicly be negative, it's because I am, you know, defending as a shield to him. And Carlos DM'd me privately and said, thank you for doing, I think his phrase was like, for doing the heavy lifting in my comments. So that's not to say again, that I'm encouraging us to always be silent, but to really ask ourselves, Am I being called and is this the best use of my time and energy? And what is my heart in this? You know, I think accountability sounds noble and it can be. I want to see Derek Chauvin held accountable for what I believe was the brazen murder in broad daylight of George Floyd. I am so thankful that Harvey Weinstein was held accountable Um, when we are murdering and sexually assaulting other humans yes, I believe we need to be held accountable as in removed from the public until we can be rehabilitated. But unless you were a jury member at those trials, like that's not the role that we're playing when we tear someone apart in our comments or DMs or in a post. So I was doing some research on this this morning and I was kind of researching, you know, who are we called to hold accountable, et cetera. And one of the articles that came up was uh, the Macmillan Thesaurus. And when it says to hold someone responsible, accountable, or liable, the synonyms are to criticize, reproach, rebuke, denigrate, blame, reprimand, deride, put down, find fault with, remonstrate. Remonstrate? Remonstrate? It is to admonish, boo, correct, badmouth, chastise, criticize, dog, beat up, chide, or dump on. Is that how you wanna spend your days? Is that what you really believe God or the universe put you on this earth to do and what you are being called to do? And you can justify it as you're right, you absolutely can. And you can argue with me that it is noble, but I just wanna ask you, Does it make you feel how you really want to feel living your life? Because I think the way we really want to feel is championing and calling out what is good and positive and truly seeing a bigger, broader change. And that is not what is happening for every 30 seconds we spend leaving someone a critical, you know, comment or DM. And then here's a few things that the Bible says. So Galatians Chapter 6, 2 through 5 in the message translation says, if someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him. Forgivingly restore him. So the first posture is forgiveness. And the second posture is not to tear down, but to restore. So if you hear someone in your life that is using that as part of their, you know, well, well, the Bible tells us to hold each other accountable if we sin. You're like, okay, but what does that mean? Is the comment that you're leaving, is that, is it, is it dripping with forgiveness and restoration? The ones I see aren't. It continues, saving your critical comments for yourself. Saving your critical comments for yourself. So that means I'm not going to leave a DM because that's public. I'm also, I'm sorry, a comment. I'm also not going to leave a comment because that's to that other person. It's not keeping it to myself. I'm not even going to DM them. That's not keeping it to myself. It says, you might need forgiveness before the day is out. Reach out to those who are oppressed. So what this says to me is, Take that same energy and post in support of the black community, in support of women, not just against the offender, but whoever was oppressed by the energy in that post, the LGBTQ community, post in support of them. Reach out to, the, to your friends that, uh, that identify as that to show your support to them. You leaving a snarky comment over here. Take those 30 seconds and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. Share this breaks my heart because it breaks the heart of people I care about. Not shame on this other person. Let's not make it about this other person. Let's make it about the people that we love. And that saying, I want to express why this is harmful and hurtful rather than – and I don't – the person's name doesn't even need to come out of my mouth. And I don't have to be like, wink, wink. I can just be like, it's really not about them. It's about the broader issue. And if they've done it, a billion other people are going to do it. And here's why it's not okay. It says, if you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. As I said, I don't believe anyone's life work is to tear down, but to empower, champion, create, build, celebrate. So what is your life's work? And then sink yourself into that. You know, every, every 30 seconds, every minute, every time we, we go down one of these negative rabbit holes – we, we don't want to sink into that, right? That's a gross way to live, but it's pulling us out of the stuff that we do want to sink into. And it kind of requires putting blinders on to say, I want to sink into what I am for and what is love and what I believe and I can take every ounce of anger that I might have over there and sink it into this rather than stealing that energy and going and sprinkling it with, you know, negativity everywhere else. It says, don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And again, as I said, you may not be someone who puts puts value in the Bible, and this may not be the text under which you live your life, but consider that this wisdom is centuries years old and that there still can be wisdom here even if you don't believe Jesus was anything other than an ordinary average man. I still think that there is such value in the way that we look at things that Aristotle said and we look at things that that came from Greek mythology and we say, there is something timeless and human here. If Hillary is reading something from centuries ago and it's real convicting about what, what I'm doing with my comments and my DMs, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. Reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And here's one more. It's from Matthew 18, 15 to 17 in the New Living Translation. And it says, if another believer sins against you. Now I think this one is interesting because it says sins against you. It doesn't just say sins in general. If it doesn't have anything to do with you, then this, the rest of this text probably isn't for you. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Second, second time here, and I'm sure I could find more of these examples, but second time here, it is not a public comment or a post. Go privately. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. If you're unsuccessful, now, the idea of being unsuccessful in getting them to listen to you, let's say this is a, an actor, you know, you, a, a famous actor. You don't get a private audience with an actor, which might be a key that this isn't again a sin against you because you aren't in relationship with them. So sending them a private DM isn't like, well, I tried and they didn't respond, they're like yeah they didn't respond to you they're not in relationship with you even if they've respite or if, even if they're an influencer and they've replied to your DMs before that doesn't mean that they that they have to get to every single message they i hopefully are spending more time in conversation with the people that they really are in relationship with and it, it may be um a, against a people group that you represent or love you may be like no I was sinned against because I fall under the category of person that they harmed, but I think it shows we can still feel hurt and harmed by it, but I don't know that we can hold accountability, we can hold accountable without proximity. We don't have their ear. If that then says take one or two others with you when you go back again so everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. So the two or three is a little bit hard with, you know, social media. But where we ultimately end up is on the third try, you take it to the church. But a church too, aside from the rare megachurch, is a small community. It's not millions of strangers, and we use the word community in an online space, and it is beautiful. I use that word, and I truly do feel a genuine kinship, specifically with those of you who listen to the podcast and are over on Instagram stories, because these are the two places where we go deep. Those of you that DM with me, I I do feel that there is a very special relationship there of community that is beautiful, but you can unfollow in a click. It can take you less than a second to peace out of that community and never see me again. And I don't even know that you left if you do it gracefully. But you shouldn't be able to stop going to a church like that. You know, it shouldn't be the case with the church that if you just disappear, no one notices because there's a genuine mutual relationship there. So I still think this idea of the the church doesn't mean necessarily just the general public of Instagram. So ultimately, my real charge to us here would be to so humbly explore our hearts. If you get any glee in telling someone off, it's not beautiful accountability. Accountability, in my mind, should break your heart. Like there, last year, there was a very popular pastor who had a very public affair. And the people close to him, I mean, if it was me, I, I, tr- I, I trust they would have cried. They would have wept. Like, how can this be real life? I cannot believe he did this. I am brokenhearted for their family. He just threw so much away. Now, that doesn't mean that I forgive him. It doesn't mean that I think he should stay in leadership, that, that there can be, an, in the next breath, I can say, well, of course, we would need to hold him accountable. This person can't be leading our church. But there is no triumph in it. There is no take that. Hit the enter button. You know, if we feel that, it's because we don't love people. If you feel so vindicated pointing out someone's mistake, if you feel great after writing them an eviscerating comment, you you don't love them. And if we don't love them, then I don't think we're hauled to hold them accountable in the way that I think we have run with that phrase feeling like, you know, we, we are entitled to that. Now I realize in humility as I say that that I am a white woman and that a lot of the uses usage of that phrase specifically in the last year has been holding people accountable to racially insensitive language or practices. But I personally just think it is more powerful and productive even in those instances to focus on what we want to you know, rather than shame on this brand, celebrate this brand. And, you know, one difference is as to when I think we are sometimes more uh, more called to say something is if you have publicly sent people their way. I do believe that you have trust in me based on this podcast, my Instagram, my courses, whatever the length or depth is of our relationship. I believe that you have trust in me and I take that seriously. So for example, there's a book that I have told thousands of you to read. I'm not even gonna mention it because I don't want somebody to like take out of context. Um, the the idea that like, this is purely hypothetical. If that author came out with something just vile and hurtful, if it came out that he was you know sexually abusing women or something like that, I think that I might feel called to say I I am heartbroken. I do still believe that the wisdom remains. They aren't necessarily interlocked. If you got goodness and value out of their wisdom, that is not all thrown aside because they now are not a person that we want to continue learning from. And I'm sorry that based on my recommendation – some of you have now come to really love and value this person, um, again, love as much as we can from someone we haven't met, but an author, or a podcaster, or whatever, and that you now feel wounded. You know, I, I, I would feel a sense of responsibility when this isn't a book I recommended one time. Like, you know, if you know what book I'm talking about, I recommend it all the freaking time. Um, I had a past business coach who last year it came to my attention that they there's strong evidence that they have ties to QAnon. Now, if I had been promoting them over the years, I would really have wrestled with whether I needed to say something or how to say something. Because if I really felt like I'm sending the women from my community over into this person's courses and events, I wouldn't want to be sending someone into harm's way who then loves this person and starts to listen to them and maybe gets closer to them and maybe gets indoctrinated into this thing that I believe is harmful. Many years ago, um, I was aware that a very popular business conference leader and author um, was a, uh, truly was a sociopath, I don't say that as a light glib word, who preyed on women that he met on his book tours and events. And so I really had to think at the time, I had really not publicly supported him, but because I was incredibly close to someone who was a victim of his, I really thought through over the years. Like, if I had promoted him, I would have said, I would have felt the need to say, I am no longer publicly promoting him. And maybe I wouldn't have even felt the need to say why. Like, if the story hadn't come out, that doesn't necessarily mean it's on me to be the whistleblower. But even if that's saying, I just need to publicly state, I've heard some troubling... I've been made aware of some troubling things, and I am no longer, you know, promoting this person, and I would not encourage you to go go to their events. Um, I believe that some of their behavior could be harmful, and I would never want to send someone into that. That doesn't mean, again, that I have to be the one spilling the tea, which you now know what it is because of me. Um, Yeah, like one person. But anyways, otherwise, if they are, you know, if they are harmful to you or others, but you haven't been singing their praises from the rooftops and, you know, promoting them for years and sending all your people their way, then just unfollow without a word, you know, just don't give them your clicks or your engagement. Go speak out more loudly for who and what you're for and rise to the top what you do want to see rather than giving the energy to elevate, you know, those around you. And let me use this as an example. Like, if you... If you hear that and you're like, no, Hillary, I want to push back on this because accountability is something that I feel really important about. Important, It has become a big thing for me over the last year to hold people accountable. I just want you to picture this. The author who was problematic last week, what if instead of a single comment, her following in a matter of two days just dropped in half? Just poof, everybody just exited silently, gracefully, elegantly, but they were like, this is not excellent to me. There's a scene in West Wing, as you know, my favorite TV show, when Congress is playing hardball on something. And so the president humbles himself to walk to the Capitol, which the president never does. So it like draws reporters to follow them. When they get there, Congress panics and stalls. So the president's just sitting outside and his team's starting to be like, this is getting embarrassing. Like they're ignoring the president. And then his advisor says, let's just leave. So the president gets up and leaves and takes all the cameras with him. And when Congress comes out to finally give him the time of day, because they've decided what they want to do, it... It's been made clear already to the public that Congress was to blame for not being willing to talk. And he gets so much more power out of the situation by just taking all of the cameras and walking away than if he had stayed and chewed them out and found exactly the right perfect comment. So again, to me, it's not about saying you aren't allowed to be angry, you aren't allowed to do something. I just think... Your unfollow and your celebrating and vaulting of the things that you are for can be more powerful and feel better for you and let you lead a more elegant and excellent life with the same amount of passion for what is right and wrong, just redirected. And then my final point for today is on negative comments. So I just respect all negative comments. I just do. Anything that simply says, "Uh, you did this wrong, I put very little stock in. And I've grown real comfortable with saying that because, as I mentioned earlier, no one I respect leaves those comments. I never see them. And criticizing is so easy. Putting yourself out there, so hard. And... If you have, like I said, I've never received a comment like that from anyone with a substantive following. It is always from people with smaller accounts. Because big people have better things to do with their time. You know, you want to go make the world better in the the big picture? You're not policing three words in someone else's sentence. It's just not what you're spending your time on. So, but again, I want to say here, that doesn't mean you can't ever try to elevate and make a conversation better. So what is not a negative comment, and I would just like to celebrate the number of these that I get um, because you guys are just amazing. It has what we've taught here, the compliment sandwich, and is dripping with grace and humility. Because grace and humility shows that you honor that the work is messy. You honor the risk in putting yourself out there. You honor the effort of having anti-racist conversations in your Instagram stories that, that don't that – I'm not going to make more money in the next five years because I was anti-racist. Do you know what I mean? I'm just not like I, I in in my case. I don't believe it's going to hurt me, <laughs> like which which sadly some people who live in certain places might feel. But it's it's not a revenue generator. It's not like that's it's just I truly believe that it's right. So for me to put forth any effort on any issue that I that I feel this is loving my neighbor. This is voting for my neighbor. If you come at me with grace and humility, it shows. I I know. That This is you being generous and loving your neighbor. I'm doing it my own way because I don't have a big Instagram following. But Hillary, I see that you are. And I know that when you put it out there, you have the potential to get hundreds of comments back. And that's not normal. Our grandmothers didn't get that level of feedback. No humans in history prior to, is it 2007 maybe, when we got iPhones and um, Facebook went public. So what is that? for? 14 years, maybe, we've been getting used to this. For centuries, our ancestors have not had that kind of feedback, even if they did huge, scary things to say, I'm going to fly across the ocean or I'm going to run for president or whatever. So it it honors that that I, I know the work is messy and I'm in the mess with you. The reason I know that it's messy is because I'm doing it too. And I don't know exactly the right thing to say. It goes back to those Bible verses. It says, I I know I'm going to get it wrong sometimes. So the last thing I would want to do is, you know, talk about the speck in your eye before I've pulled out the the plank in my own. So like, here's a a made up example. I just happened to see a post the other day that I was thinking about this morning where um, in the video, the guy said something about like, I asked a homeless man how I could make his birthday better. And then the caption said you know, so-and-so went to a man experiencing homelessness. And I was just like, oh, it was just an interesting difference of phrase. I bet that that's a more humane way rather than calling someone a homeless person to say a person experiencing homelessness. So, So let's just use that as an example. No one's messaged me about that, but I saw it and was like, oh, this is just a slightly different phrasing that I can appreciate. So if someone writes me, Thank you so much for speaking up on this story. I really appreciate the work that you put in and you're so thoughtful with the way that you find links and resources for things. And you've been so consistent on this topic all year. And I just really value and and see the work you're doing. First part of the compliment sandwich. Now, the middle, we're going to get into, I have some some feedback of sorts. I wanted to share something that I just learned. Now that's humility. That's not saying... (laughs) Um. Do you not know this? How dumb are you to not know that? That's what to say. You're like actually in humility. I'm growing just like you, and I just learned this. I want to be honest. Like if you two years ago, I wouldn't have known this, but I'm learning, and you're learning, and so I truly just want to help you. I want to share something that I just learned. Here's a link about it. Now that says. I'm not acting like I have all the answers. I'm not implying, Hillary, you're so, everyone is mortified you just said that. Everyone knows better than you. Or I'm just so smart. You're like, no, Here, here's a link. Like I had just happened to read an article about this. Oh, or even if you didn't, you can pretend. You can be like, okay, I have kind of known this for a while, but I'm gonna just act. I can give myself extra humility. Guys, there's so many times when I give advice to someone that I'm like, I'm pretty positive I'm right, but I don't say that. I'm like, you know, I might be wrong, I just give that humility because when you say to someone, it's the classic Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. You guys know Connie Britton's role? Oh, best line in the world. That, two sentences. That is a hard thing. That is a hard, hard thing. There's just like nothing better in life that you can say to someone than those two sentences. Because it acknowledges this is complex and therefore, it's okay that you don't have all the answers and there's not easy answers. And I'm not gonna try to give you easy answers because that actually would just condescend you to make it seem like you're so silly. Why couldn't you just figure this out? So I wanted to share something that I personally just learned. And you know, here here's a link. If you were like, actually, like, here's a kinder way to address the homeless population, for example. And then you you close it with the rest of the compliment sandwich. I am truly not trying to criticize. I know that we can't know all the things. I'm sure there's so much that I don't know. And I cannot, I can only imagine how hard it must be for you to share with so many people thinking any wrong word could possibly upset someone. So I just genuinely wanted to pass this along in case it's appreciated. No need to reply. I just so appreciate your work. Guys, when I get those kind of messages, first of all, I'm just like applauding on my couch. (laughs) Jeremy's like, what's happening? I'm like... Somebody just, they they did it right. They just, like, they wrote the kind of message that we would just all be more elegant and excellent if we could write. Because I do want to learn. I don't want to keep putting my foot in my mouth. I don't want to offend people. I, who wants that? But so few people actually have this conversation to help each other grow in an elegant and excellent way that it can just be so much critical negative feedback that the number the amount of times guys sometimes i sit in front of an instagram stories the amount of content first of all that i create and don't post because once i get to captioning it i start to be like well maybe somebody's going to take that out of context maybe i could have said that more perfectly maybe they're going to misinterpret that and it's it's bred upon this fear of somebody not listening to the whole 2 minutes just taking the one sentence that bothered them the one word that bothered them And just writing, that's offensive to say. I'm offended. (laughs) you're like, okay. So I always write back, thank you so much for your kind tone, for being so clear about what your heart and intention was, for going above and beyond to make sure I could really hear the tone that is so lost in, in simply typing something. I respect that so much and it's so clear you were right alongside me in wanting to do better like that is the elegant and excellent way to actually make women who we believe are on the journey to loving our neighbor better even better along the way with us as opposed to looking down and shaming them like i am up here and you are down there because we just know in life that that's just not true without all of that though i mean that was a long time for me to give you guys like a 10 a 10 sentence comment right without all of that it's just no difference than Different than shouting a mean word as you walk down the street, you know? It is so easy to be cruel and critical. It's like a seventh grader on a playground. But that long answer, that takes effort. What you maybe even had to go find a link to give me, which means, are you going to write that thoughtful message because you really do value and appreciate and are with that person? It says, I'm not just coming with a criticism. I'm invested in this relationship. I've been paying attention. I know your heart, and I'm going to take the time to truly support you because I think that your your message is is valuable. Because if you're just trying to act like you could do it better, then take those 30 seconds and go do it better. D- don't send me a comment about what you don't like or a comment on somebody else's. If you see something you don't like, you go post about what you do like in those that exact same amount of time. And you know, again, I feel like I never hear from people who have a platform because they're too busy doing better themselves. They're getting educated. They're putting content out there. I think criticism is just a laziness that makes you feel like you did something when you actually did nothing. You didn't put any risk in, you didn't put the education in, you didn't put the heartfeltness in, but you can pat yourself on the back like, yep, just left five negative comments, doing my work as an ally and activist in the world today. So sisters, let us do something different. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to have a following on social media. You can have five girlfriends that you share brands that are great for the environment or companies that empower women or authors that are inclusive, whether about race or body type or sexuality. You can share what you're for. The women that have shaped my thoughts on this most in the last week, uh, most of them were just private conversations. They were just text messages. There was one podcast I heard, Chalene's, that I mentioned that really spoke to me. And then she's also a colleague that I have a personal relationship with. So we all have power in our own sphere. We are all leaders in our families, our churches, our workplaces, our friendships. This is not about saying, well, I don't have a place to share. You do. You have – I'm sorry. I just hit my desk. Again, I'm flailing around a lot because I'm really passionate today. Um, You have one person that you have influence over that you could take that same minute to text something positive to. So to recap, number one, don't give time, attention, engagement, or clicks to negativity. And I continue to hold myself accountable. If I consume something because I feel like I'm learning, I want to really check in with myself. At what point have I reached the end of my learning and am I just tipping over into consuming grossness? Number two, speak passionately about policies, not people what you are for, not what you're against. Number three, don't try to hold the world accountable. Love your people well to support their joy in the world. And those publicly that you don't support, just quietly unfollow. Be one of the masses that walks away and just, just sucks the oxygen out because the drama actually just adds fuel to the fire. And number four, Do not spend another minute on a negative comment. I don't leave negative comments on hotel reviews, Amazon reviews, Yelp reviews. The only reviews I leave in the world are, I I leave a positive podcast review on every single podcast that I listen to and enjoy because it would be hypocritical of me to ask you to leave a review on mine if I'm not willing to do the same thing. For the creators and the creatives that I support. I leave positive Instagram comments on accounts, on colleagues of mine, just because I know that it helps their engagement. So anyone that I love, I, I it can be a quick comment. It doesn't even have to be big, but I know what that's doing is pumping up their attention, their engagement in the world, and they're people that I think are doing beautiful things out there. There is one time, and I think I've shared this on the podcast, one time that I can think of that I have left a public negative review somewhere and it was about a uh, OBGYN doctor's office, a women's clinic, that I was getting uh, having a horrible experience with. And it was because I they had misposted their hours. And so I was there early to, like, for the millionth time, try to get some records from them for, for something important. And there were other women standing out in the streets. They were all women of color standing on the street in front of the clinic. And the stories they were telling me were devastating. They were horrifying. They were like way worse than mine. And it was an instance, I didn't have that language at the time, but where I, 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 what I was doing in hindsight is I was being a shield because I instinctively felt like my voice would be heard and trusted to leave a lengthy and detailed public review you know, indicating all the things that had happened to these women. I am standing on the street and I'm here with three other women and here's the stories that they are telling me. So there are moments for that. I wasn't trying to take down that clinic, but I was aware of – with my privilege that I could just go to a different clinic. I was only going through this rigmarole because I'd already had my tests done there and I just wanted my flip and test records. I wasn't gonna keep going back to them. But it was occurring to me, these women probably don't have somewhere else to go because truth be told, I was the only white woman in the waiting area. It was not a neighborhood that I'd lived in. I'm not really sure how my assistant, you know, Got me an appointment so far from home, but whatever. I was just aware, like, I can go someplace else. I think that these women keep coming back for this poor treatment because maybe this is the only thing available to them, you know, in this neighborhood. And But even with that negative comment, it would be so much more powerful for me to vote for local officials who will improve access to health care for my neighbors because that's the real root issue. The real root issue was not the office manager, Pam, that everybody was complaining about. The root issue was that these women weren't empowered to go someplace else that would treat them respectfully and that there was all this red tape, et cetera. So spend your precious time, energy, and attention on the things that we want to see, celebrate, lift up, bring attention to, be like, aspire to, be inspired by. To me... That is how a woman who is elegant and excellent elegant and excellent, leads the way into a better world for us all. And my final bonus tip is to give grace. If I said something here that you disagree with today, one sentence or one point, I would encourage you to zoom out and ask, do you share my heart? And if you don't, if you're not on board for more kindness and positivity on the, on the internet, Please, just quietly unsubscribe. No worries. But if you share my heart, can you be okay that you agree with 80 or 90% of what I said today and not need it to mean that either of us is wrong or bad, not make it mean that your past I, I'm shaming you or judging you for your past behaviors. I don't agree with my husband, my mother, or any of my best friends 100%. But I share their heart, and that's why I continue to spend time with them. And I don't need them to think that I'm right 100% of the time, which is how that we live in peace and mutual respect, and we let a lot of the small stuff go. So I am sending you grace, kindness and positivity in all of the complex issues that uh, will arise. And I truly believe that you are doing your best and coming from love. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is a documentary one of you recommended to me in my DMs. I will link it below. Called The Feminist in Cell Block Y. This has been a very long episode, so I'm not going to belabor why this is a great uh, documentary. It's only an hour. It does not take a lot of your time, and it leaves you feeling inspired and educated. It is about uh, inmates at a male prison who read a book on the patriarchy and started to unpack the stories and beliefs of the patriarchy that actually had gotten them into the position that led them into jail. I think it gives you, if by any chance you feel at times like judgment for people who are in prison, you feel separated from them. You don't understand them. Um, I felt so much love and empathy. I wanted to be friends with all of these men. It was so incredibly beautiful um, and also I learned a lot. I had a conversation with Jeremy about it afterwards. There was wonderful applications for the the parenting of. Boys and men, and I am just so grateful for this community that you send me resources like that on things that uh, you believe would bless me, and that then I can in return share to bless all of us. So, again, if you have gotten anything out of this podcast over the last two years as my beautiful weekly gift to you, it would mean so much if you would swipe up, leave a review, if you would share this episode with your friends, your family, your followers, wherever they are in the world. If you share it on Instagram stories, please. Tell Tag me and I absolutely will continue this conversation um, in my DMs, in my Instagram stories, on my Instagram feed. And I will see you back here next week as we kick it off into year three. Till next Wednesday.